a billionaire in boxes production. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes. As ever, I'm your host, Phil Palucha, joined today by Danny Smith from Funlin. How you doing, mate? That's me. Hi, mate. Yeah, good to you. Good, mate. We're going to have a lot of fun with this show, I'm sure, because as, as look, you know that I've had this problem in the past. I mean, prior to working with you, of course, uh, and many people have desires to make their LinkedIn work better for them. And um, yeah. they don't know how <laughs> um they've tried a few yeah. things annoyed a few people along the way and not got the results they want so i'm really excited to count a few times yeah, exactly yeah i'm definitely glad to have you on here mate so we can have this discussion um i know that this is something that's really hot for the minute especially i mean look let's not beat around the bush here there's a lot of businesses now who are having to learn to um create opportunities online that wouldn't have had to have done that before so actually you know it, yeah. getting linkedin right for many businesses is going to be the difference between them thriving and them surviving so uh, exactly. that's why i'm keen to have you i think i think i think the worst people like the people that have been affected more are so people that have like previously done a lot of expos or exhibitions you know people who have like bought a stand or like maybe like they go to like a one of the like fairs or whatever it might be you know when it's very like people have to come to you to understand what it is that you do a little bit more mm. and after obviously with everything going on at the moment they've still kind of got that budget mm. that marketing budget but they're just like what do we do with it mm. we have no idea and, and, so and it's like, easy to lose money people. as well i mean it's very easy to, i mean i've lost well that's it yeah because they don't know what they're doing no. yeah no, no. Well, I, I, mate, we've all done the same. I mean, I, I, I dread to think back, actually. I've probably lost – actually, it's probably close to tens of thousands in terms of sponsored ads and stuff that haven't really done anything for me. Um, and I guess a lot of that comes down to, you know, you want to have genuine and authentic conversations with people. That's how business happens. And, and often, you know, with social media, it's very easy for it to almost seem quite detached. It's like, look at my shiny mm. thing, buy it. And, and as you've said, if – that's fair and well for a product or a watch or a diet or something. But if you've got a business that's a bit more service or strategy, or as you said earlier, they, they need to really explain to their industry, this is how we differentiate and this is what we can do. It's kind of hard to do that on a 30-second Instagram video. Yeah, that's it. And also, like something that I find, just, just in general with marketing, is it's all a little bit disjointed. Like the content promotes one thing, um, the Facebook ads promote another, the website promotes this other thing. Like there's no overall strategy. Mm. And like sometimes you'll speak to the business owners and or the or whoever's doing the marketing. So also what's the what's the general idea with, with the funnel? And it's like, oh yeah, well we send people to the website and then they book in. It's like, yeah, but what are you what is it that you're pushing? Because your content's saying this and your website's saying this. Sometimes you talk about this, but then other times you talk about something completely different. Like it's just, there's just no mm. consistency or strategy for for a lot of for a lot of businesses anyway. And um, mm. another thing I found as well is a lot of companies will just treat it like a tick box exercise, mm. especially content. Especially content, like they'll just throw it into Buffer or Hootsuite or whatever it might be, and they'll just do right. We're going to do two posts a week or five posts a week. Let's go find an article and just reword this article in 17 different ways and then just promote this article all month. And like, it just, there's just no real thought mm. that goes into it. Um, and like, with more stuff, even with the like LinkedIn outreach, you know, they just think, oh, if we send this message, people are definitely going to love us. Like, 
No. It doesn't work like that. It does just don't work like that. No, absolutely no. not. Well, look, I mean, and, and it's funny, actually. So we get to see this from the other side as well. So obviously a lot of the people that we work with come to us because they like the idea of using like the podcast stuff for content. But actually, it's like I say to people, it's like you've missed the point, right? It's like sitting on a run, uh, sitting on a runway on an aeroplane because you've noticed the vehicle, but you haven't realized that it's designed to take you to somewhere new. Um, yeah. You know, and and what I often find is that the message that people give on a podcast is very authentic and it shows themselves and their vibe attracts their tribe and all that great stuff. But then it drives them towards a website or something that doesn't reflect the message that they've just heard on that podcast. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that comes back to the original point. Yeah. There's, there's no consistency. Mm. You know, the, the, this doesn't link up. Doesn't make sense. So, so how do you start that things. process then, Danny? So, if you've got a business who who is listening to this, going, Jed, you know what? He's probably caught me out on this. My my messaging probably is a bit confusing. Um, you know, where do they begin to change that? You know, where 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 do you start? Um, probably the the main thing is to simplify it down. Mm. It's probably like the, the, the almost the quickest fix, if you will, mm. is just to simplify it because I think people think that marketing is this really complex beast, whereas really when you break it down to its its core elements, mm. it's relatively straightforward. Um, yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's a difficult one to explain because like I said, it is relatively straightforward um, because there's so many people out there that I think that they've got to do a million more things. Like they've got to do Facebook ads, they've got to do LinkedIn, they've got to do outreach, they've got to do have an amazing SEO, you know, strategy in place. They've got to have an amazing content strategy in place. Whereas what I found is to simplify it right down and, and mainly start with where are your customers mm-hmm. and where do they hang out. And that's the, that's that's probably step one for for any marketing strategy. Got to be yeah. whether it be whether it be you're going to do things on, on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or whatever it might be, even Clubhouse, you know, Clubhouse is mm-hmm. seems to be the rising star at the moment. Um, so you're going to find out where those people are. And then in my experience, start with one platform mm-hmm. and kind of own that space. Um, in, in most cases, just be good on one platform. You know, for, for now, for now, just can everything else. Just don't, don't worry about that. Just for now, until you've got, you know, one platform strategy yeah, sorted. Well. And once that starts starts working, you'll be able to see how things cross over into other platforms. Mm, that's clever. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I think I think you're right. I think most people kind of almost take the attitude of "I have to be on every profile, otherwise I'm." Have to do everything. Yeah. And, and actually, I found the opposite to be true. I mean, I, I mean, take a look at. Well, I don't even mind discussing my numbers personally. So, I think you know. If I look at LinkedIn, it's probably got something like 30,000 followers, something like that. Twitter is probably about 15. It's probably about half. My Instagram's probably got about 1,400 followers because I don't communicate with my customers on Instagram. So, but actually, mm-hmm. if you find my Instagram page and that's your first interaction with me or billionaires in boxes, we don't really look that big. We don't look that credible because I don't do anything with it. So actually, almost yeah. having that account there could almost be counterproductive rather than ticking a box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed nailed it. And again, it, it comes back to that. It is relatively simple. When you break it down, just simplify mm. what it is that you do and just get good at that one 
thing or, you know, handful of things, but just try not to overcomplicate it. That's kind of like just like marketing mm. 101. You know, just don't overcomplicate things. Mm. So I think it's a good point. It's a good piece of advice, isn't it? And I think... Um... You know, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and he was saying, he, you know, there's certain questions he asks his customers and their face is always a bit of a picture when he does. You know, it's things like how many people in your industry provide the same services that you do? What differentiates you? You know, if I was to take 10 to 20 of your current or previous customers without you in the room and ask them, A, what you do for them and B, what differentiates you from other people, are they going to say the same mm. thing that you've just said? Because if they don't, and if they can't read that message through your work and through your site and, and everything else, then you're sending out mixed messages. And that's that. In ter- Look, we've all worked with people we really wish we hadn't bothered as well. So if, you're, if, you're, yeah. if your website is attracting the kind of client that you don't want to work with because you've not been honest enough, then you're just going to give yourself a massive headache, aren't you? That's it. Mm. Nailed it. And, uh, and, uh, and also, one thing that I found, especially in the in the marketing sector, is to kind of do one thing but do it really well. Mm. And and that that comes back to kind of what you were just saying, like how many people do what you do, whereas with what what we do, there are a handful of people that do it, or this or in, not exactly in the way that we do mm. it, but it's similar similarities with some some other people out there. But if we just said we're a marketing agency, it's like, well, yeah, you know, my cousin's got a marketing agency. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, or like, for example, the other day, I actually got a referral from my uncle who I thought knew what I did, but he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and he said, oh, um, I, could you do SEO, don't you? And I'm like, no. It's like, oh, what is it that you do then? It's like, well, we're like a LinkedIn marketing agency. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah so like I say you know from from a business perspective especially in in those types of businesses like when it comes to marketing mm. do one thing but do it as well as you can mm. and it's funny you should say that actually so we we've had similar i mean i guess when we first started it probably made things a bit more confusing because we were we were a production side of things as well right now our done for you production service is is oversubscribed it's sold out and i intend on it being that way well, given the contracts, I imagine it's going to be that way for at least the next six months, if not the next 12 months, which is exciting. Mm. But it also allows me time to really be clear on our message and focus on the fact that the area that most people are getting the most value from is the guest booking strategy. It's putting them in front of existing audiences of their customers. So it's funny, you said about that whole marketing strategy, working out where your audiences are. It's exactly what we do with the podcasting. It's what's your message? Who are you trying to talk to? What are you helping? Where is that audience? And what questions are they asking? And then you reverse engineer it. But that's it, and, and yeah, so like you've nailed it, you know, and, and that's it. But that's the, that's the thing with any marketing strategy, whether it be podcasting, whether it be LinkedIn, whether it be Facebook, whether it be anything, mm. you've almost got to reverse engineer the thing and say, well, why don't we just be where people already are? Yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice. Danny, I want to ask you, because we, we, you know, I want to dive into this. You know, how, how, where did funneling come from? I know you'd worked with Smith Media. Well, you own Smith Media as well. I think you still do, but kind of what's... Yeah. What's yeah. your background been and kind of what's led you to this point? Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a journey, to be fair. So um, coming back all the way right to the start, uh, I used to work in a gym. That's kind of like my background is fitness, you know, all the way through school, all the way through college. I was, I was like, I'm, I'm definitely going to work in a gym or be a personal trainer in some capacity. Okay. I was just like, that is my dream. So I got this 
job at a, at a gym, and it was a relatively small gym. Uh, my kind of role was to um, PT some people. Most of the time, it was just like old ladies, and we just go for a walk. It was brilliant, actually. Yep. Some of the stories some of these people come up with were awesome. <laughs> um, I still keep in touch with quite a few of them, actually. Um, so, so that was kind of like my, my my job, but also part of that was the kind of marketing and sales side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I got the book for for what I do now. Um, and it was it was a really great experience because my my boss at the time, um, you know, he was really open minded for me to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like any kind of like, I come to him with this bright idea. I, I always say that like, I've got this uh, disease called shiny object syndrome. So I'd come up to him with this brand new idea. I said, I've got this idea. Let's do this. And he's like, right, okay, you know, give it a go. And some of it worked. Some of it didn't. Yep. Same with anything. Um, but whilst, whilst I was there, I got a really good flavour of, of marketing and how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to about maybe about a year or two later, I thought to myself, I'm, I'm really enjoying this marketing stuff. I wonder if I could start this kind of like, at the, side, at the time I was into uh, Gary V a lot, yeah. so I was like, "Oh, I'll start a side, I'll start a side hustle." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went, um, I went to uh, this local trampoline park that's nearby to where I live, mm-hmm. and it just opened at the time. And I thought, "Oh, go on then, I'll give it a go." So I just kind of walked in. I must be feeling really confident this one. Mm-hmm. So I literally just walked into this trampoline park, and I said, uh, "Can I speak to the manager, please?" And they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, of course you can, sir." No, I've got thinking, I must be confident. Yeah, yeah. The manager comes out, and obviously, like the manager, he goes, "It's trampoline park. He's got no idea about marketing. He has no say over it." And I was, "Oh well, um, the owner's here. If you want to speak to the owner?" And I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, of course I do." So anyway, I, I sat down. I had a coffee with the with the owner of this trampoline park, and it's like, "So what? What? What is it that you do? What? What are you here for?" So, "Oh well, um." doing this marketing for this gym which is going really good I'd love to do more marketing in, 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 in this area um, and he was like are you any good and I'm like at the time I'm like in my head I'm thinking I don't I don't, I don't know. know yeah I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, yeah yeah of course I am yeah well, that's what I'm going to be coming to you if I'm any good and he's like right okay what do you charge and I'm like oh oh I didn't even I thought to myself oh I'd go away I'd come up with a proposal a business plan <laughs> yeah it I'm doesn't like, work and like. it's like what do you charge I'm like uh and I'm like, uh, oh, £500 a month? And they're like, yeah, cool, yeah, when can you start? I'm like, uh, now. And they're like, right, off you go. I didn't even have a camera at this point or a laptop yeah, or anything. I love it. So I just started going around on my phone and started start taking photos of things. Um, long story short, so £500 a month, so six grand a year. And we brought in about 76 grand from just birthday parties. Never mind just general footfall. I'm just like, there's something in this. Yeah. There's definitely something in this. So I used those guys as kind of like a, a, a case study. I approached a handful more businesses. Um, before I knew it, I was earning more from like this this side job that I was doing than my full time job. I'm like, there's definitely something here. Mm. So then I so then I kind of started Smith Media. Um, so when we started off with Smith Media, coming all the way back to what we talked about earlier on with the trying to do too much, mm-hmm. we did websites uh, we did email marketing we did content um we did linkedin outreach we did facebook actually, we basically did everything mm. which was okay to get the ball rolling um to get some you know income coming through mm. but i was just finding i was just being such a busy fool mm-hmm. 
Um, so plus, you, you can. Next, sorry to interrupt, but I, you, you can never become yeah, a master of anything that way either, because you're so. No, if, well, if, if you've got saying. ten things in a day, you're going to have to spend twenty percent of your time on on these things, kind of thing, or ten percent of your time on on you know what I mean, on on on, yeah. on different tasks. Whereas if you're spending. 80 90 percent of your day on one particular thing you pretty quickly become like the master at it to its credit though i did become really well versed in just strategy as a whole and how everything integrates into each other Mm. um so that that was probably the only good side of that Mm. but you know I i was just so busy doing sometimes really mundane tasks but then doing something completely different. So in terms of scalability, it was impossible to scale because it was only me that knew all of this stuff going on at once. Mm. Um, so over the next handful of years, we we really began to niche down into one area and that slowly become really focusing in on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, so then LinkedIn became the, the main soft, uh, the main um, offering of, of, of what we did. Um and we do the, the the typical LinkedIn marketing agency thing of, oh yeah, we'll send out all of these connection requests and we'll send um, you know messages to all of the people that connect with you and then once we respond, it's over to you and then you know blah blah blah. It works okay. Like I'm talking about the, the relatively earliest days of LinkedIn when you could get away with basically spamming Spam. people. Yeah, I remember those days. Um, back when that worked. Um, so we did that. And then, obviously, over time, as the platform developed, you know, people stopped responding to this kind of stuff. And also, what we're finding is, with some of our clients, we're starting, like, 100, 200, 300 conversations in a month. Mm. So, it almost became really counterintuitive, because the better the campaigns did for our clients, mm. the more clients we lost. Because yeah. they, were, they, were becoming, they were becoming busy fools themselves, managing these conversations that sometimes went nowhere, sometimes did go somewhere, but they required a lot of back and forth. Mm. Um, so like, oh, I need to do my job. I, I can't be doing all of this. So we ended up losing lots of clients. Mm. So cut to lockdown, the first lockdown. You remember that? I do. Many moons ago. You remember, Bre- you remember Brexit? I, remember I remember when we yeah. could go outside. I remember those days. <laughs> anyway, different, different, different conversation. Um, so cut to, cut to the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. Our sales pipeline just gets absolutely wiped, right. you know, same as everybody. Yep. But what I took that opportunity for us to do was to basically recreate the way that we do things and do a bit of a rebrand. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Funnel In, with the way that Funnel In works, we basically got our own software. Mm-hmm. And within this software, it enables us to do the connection request and the and the conversation starts. I like to call them icebreakers because really that's what they should be seeing as a way of just initially just getting a conversation flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've actually got the ability to do from our side through our system is we actually manage people's inboxes. Mm-hmm. So if they start 100, 200, 300 conversations, it doesn't really matter because we manage them all and we'll filter people through to wherever they need to go. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants some information on the website, send them to the website. If they want a calendar link, we'll send them a calendar link. If they want some information to be sent to them via your email, we'll say to the client, this person wants some email information, you can send them through, mm-hmm. um, what, whatever they need. Um, so so that is, well, it still kind of is the core offering of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even since then, you know, cut forward to a, another handful of months, I was uh, <clears throat> speaking to a client and they were saying their target market was surgeons. Right. And... With the surgeon market, there's probably only like maybe about 
5,000, 10,000 of them on LinkedIn that you can find in the UK. Mm. And we'll send out approximately maybe like 2,000 connection requests in a month. Um, so after a few months, we were running out of people to send these messages to me and, and, to, mm. and to fill the top of the funnel, if you will. So I speak to the client and they're like, oh, I'm thinking about doing some Facebook ads, you know, to, to kind of target people that way. So I was like, yeah, but, you know, John the Surgeon on LinkedIn is not known as John the Surgeon on Facebook. He's just known as John. John, yeah. So how, you know, John the dad, John the brother, you know, so how are you going to target this guy over on Facebook? Mm. Um, and he was a little bit stumped. So like, I don't really know how we're going to go about that. So we kind of paused the conversation there. And then later on that night, I was thinking about it. And then I wake up in a cold sweat. I've got shiny object syndrome again. I'm like... Eureka, I cracked it. Because what we can do within our system is we can basically export the LinkedIn connections of, of, of our client. And when we do an export, we can export any content info, like any email addresses or forums yeah, yeah, yeah. that are associated to their account. Then coming over to Facebook, we can basically upload that same list to Facebook. Facebook will then match all of the fields that it needs to match up. And then we can actually retarget John Surgeon mm. now over on Facebook because we're connected with him on LinkedIn. Mm. So I was just like, ooh, that's good. That's really good. So then I started thinking about that a little bit more and I did a little bit of research and I was come across this interesting article about brand touch points. Now, with brand touch points for a B2B business, um, the average prospect needs between five to 14 brand touch points before they can just retain 27. According to, according that, to Salesforce, 2021, you need 27 touch points before oh. a, a new client will buy from you. Well, sales, Salesforce is gospel. So, so that, yeah. that blew my mind. But if you think, because when I was looking at that, I was thinking how many, there are so many businesses, how long is it going to take them to create 27 touch points? Exactly. Exactly. And then if you think of it from, from a LinkedIn outreach perspective, right? And we'll just count the brand touch points here, right? So you send a connection request, mm-hmm. brand touch point one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They accept. You send maybe your first icebreaker message, try and get a conversation going, two touch points. And then how many follow-ups might you send on top of that? What, maybe one or one two? Or so, I mean, let's let's take, let's take five. Let's just say you've done five brand touch points there, right? So let's just say over, the, over I don't know, three or four months, you've done five brand touch points. So you're nowhere near that kind of figure. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can get those other brand touch points in is by sending them a ton of messages and being really spamming getting your account blocked and pissing people mm-hmm. off. Or you can basically retarget that same audience on Facebook in a more laid back and you know fluid kind of way. And then when you start pairing that stuff up with actually good content, you can then begin to see, right, okay, so now I'm not only trying to start a conversation through direct messages. Mm. I'm also, you know, getting my brand touch points in on Facebook and also I'm staying front of mind through my content that I'm creating, that I'm posting on my account. All of a sudden, all of these brand touch points, you think, hmm, it's actually not going to take me as long as what I thought if I do it in the right way to get all of these brand touch points in. Mm. All of a sudden, it's like, all of these pieces now fit together. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're up to now. So coming it. all the way back circle from working in the gym all the way to now, you know, it's been such a journey and such a roller coaster to get where we are. But um, we've just got to a thing where, like I say, like, it's just like all of these pieces fit together. Mm, I love it, man. I love it. And do you know what? I think 
it's really clever. And I guess, you know, from my mind, I think, you know, I, I've, as I said, I've spent lots and lots of money on Facebook ads over the years. Some of it's worked and lots of it hasn't. Um, but retargeting campaigns are very clever because they tend to be very cost effective as well because it's a very, very targeted campaign. Like if you've got, I mean, if you're a B2B company, let's be honest, if I brought you 500 more clients right now, you're probably going to scream. Like you can't handle that. So if I'm retargeting 500 of your ideal clients who've already connected with you on LinkedIn, they see your stuff, they see podcasts coming through, they see interviews, they see news articles, they see content, they've got the conversation back and forth. And now you're also appearing on their Facebook with a bit of a giveaway or a download or something that's going to going to capture them. It just it just makes a lot more sense. And it's it's the same. It's, it's the reason. I mean, it, look, it, it, it made perfect sense to me, which is why we're partnered together, which we'll, we'll come on to in a minute. because We're doing more work together. And but, you know, it's also the reason I love partnerships, because partnerships and affiliates are those touch points go right down because if somebody's already bought from Danny because they trust Danny, Danny introducing them to me, they probably only need three or four touch points with me before they're ready to make a decision because they trust Danny. Likewise with my crew, if I introduce them to Danny and say, right, I know what we're doing with the LinkedIn stuff. Uh, sorry, I know what we're doing with the podcast stuff. This is my LinkedIn guy. He's awesome. Definitely go check out him. It's such a, it's an, it's a much easier sale because your business is a team sport and you're, you're working together as like a, as yeah, a collaborative. Um, and I, and I love that kind of stuff because, you know, this is one of the things that I talked about with touch points a lot, even with the podcasting. So podcasting is great for networking. It's great for selling your stuff to existing audiences, particularly via that partnership and affiliate route. Because if like my podcast, for example, my listeners do listen to a lot of my shows, will be listening to you and will now go and check out your work. They may never have heard of you prior, other than that. Or if they did, they might not have bought because they hadn't come across you 27 touch points. Um, Whereas with podcasting, you can you know think about how much you can repurpose that content in authentic ways, like five to ten static images with quotes, five to ten videos, turn them into articles, turn them into blogs, get guest writers, partner with one of those PR companies that turns it into an article and puts it online. So now, now your podcast, we have this. So now your podcast interview is on Forbes, um, Yahoo Finance, MSN News, Fox Business. Like that just gives you massive credibility. But so many people are sat waiting for, almost waiting for somebody to come and give this to them. I, like, yeah. I'm, my business is all right. I'm just waiting for that one person to call me and say, hey, here's this amazing thing. But I guess the, the thing that I love about your work with this is that it's, I've spoken with people who've done LinkedIn stuff before, right? And the problem I've always had with them is it's either very spammy very spammy mm. or mm. they almost controlled the entire conversation at which point that i'm not selling to them you're selling to them on my profile mm. using your voice and that's again that's not going to send the right message either um you know think about somebody listens to a podcast they've enjoyed what i've had to say they connect with me on linkedin and then message me and i'm not the person responding to them it's somebody else talking about something completely different it's not it's not a great customer experience is it yeah, exactly. well actually it wouldn't be a customer exactly. experience because they'd never become a customer <laughs> yeah because people can see through again, it yeah. people can see right through it especially from 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 you know oh, like I say these agencies that, that are out on the market that just see it as a numbers mm-hmm. game really you know oh, we'll send out 5,000 connection requests and then maybe such and such you know so many will connect and then we'll just basically spam as many as them as we can mm. until they either disconnect with us or they respond to us and tell us to go away. Mm. Um, and there's so many companies out there that do think that that's the way to go. Whereas, for example, with, with how we kind of see it in terms of like the ethos is if you are going to go down that route, 
use it as a way of just initiating the initial conversation just to get the ball rolling. Mm. Then from there, any could go anywhere. Mm. Could go anywhere. Like for example, with our stuff, like our my LinkedIn lead gen reached out to you, and then but like if I would have tried to sell you straight away, you would just be like, you know, mm. on your bike. Whereas because we just started off the conversation. You know, just think of where that, where that conversation that we originally had has now progressed to. Mm. There's no way that I would have known that would be where that we would have ended no. up where we are now. No. Yeah, of course. Sense. Yeah. Well, this is the point. I mean, so, so many opportunities, so many different opportunity uh, possibilities. I'm so with you, mate. I mean, this is why I talk to people a lot, especially my clients. Actually, I mean, I'm getting a bit overexcited now because you've touched you've touched on a real PowerPoint for me, but it's that whole. Don't wear blinkers because you miss the wider opportunity. Like if you go on to like, so I use it for podcasting, for example. So if I say to somebody, okay, look, you want to go on that person's podcast, but you want to do it because you want to turn them into a client. That's not the reason to do it, but that's what you're doing. So your whole intention is to turn them into a paying customer, right? But what if they never wanted to become a paying customer, but they could become a fantastic affiliate that could plug you into all of their customers and clients. And you've just missed that opportunity. So because you went into it with the intention of this is what I'm going to get, which is why I love the whole, you don't sell during those initial messages. You get to know somebody. And actually I had an example just, just this morning, which is why it's so fresh, right? It's a bit of a bizarre one. You'll probably think it's normal. This guy messed connected with me on LinkedIn. No, he didn't. I connected with him. I sent him a connection request. And then about a week later, he hadn't responded. And about a week later, he messaged me and said, I saw you were on a podcast with a friend of mine. I said, all right. And he said, I was listening to the interview, found it really interesting. Uh, He said, I've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit, actually, and ended up listening to quite a few of your interviews. And I was like, well, that's nice. And that's, I like that because that means somebody's, you know, they feel like they know me already. Of course. But, and then he went all quiet, like for about a week, just didn't say anything to me. Like a whole week, just stopped talking to me. I got an email off him this morning, not even on LinkedIn. I got an email off him this morning, CCing in his other business partner to say, I've been listening to more and more of these podcasts. I think we want to start a conversation. We've been discussing starting a business podcast for a long time, but we've not got the strategy right to grow it yet. Could we facilitate a call between us? Because we'd love to talk to you about the different services you offer. So he's now he's turned himself into a client. I haven't sold him anything. (laughs) At no point have I said, hey, do you want to do this? Like Never. They've done that for themselves. And and I think... It's yeah. that authenticness that, that I love. And, and I guess for me, that's why I've loved our partnership because po- we yeah. win a lot of clients and things via our podcasting and our partnerships because it's authentic. It's who we are. You know, it's, 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 it's us. I've said to people, I've done 10,000 hours of podcasting now, dude, over 12 years of podcasting. I'm not this good an actor. Like, this is who I am. Like, I can't pretend to be somebody else for this length of time. So I always say the same thing to people, which is if you've been really turned off by me, listening to me for the love of god don't become a customer because you're not going to like working mm. with me and i'm not going to like working with you but if you've resonated yeah. with what i'm saying and you're like this guy gets it he's got something we're gonna have a yeah. lot of fun together um and it's funny you mentioned yeah. about like that whole churn and burn right for those linkedin agencies that they, they play the numbers game when i first set up uh, some of our products for billionaires in boxes about two or three years ago um particularly kind of like our podcast publicity side and the coaching side um People would say to me, like marketing agencies, listen, it's the, the dream of having a client for 12 months plus these days doesn't exist. Like you have to plan to try and retain them for three months and that's good. So think of every client you onboard as three months. So I was thinking, God, we're going to need loads of numbers, right? But like 80% of the clients we bring on board are customers of our 12 months later. So 
that mm. completely screwed my numbers up. Because if you think about it, six months in, I'm thinking, right, I need to go and get another X amount of clients. And actually, we're oversubscribed in several of our areas with the clients we've got. So I, I'm your, I'm with your approach, buddy. If you're authentic and you're genuine and you, 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 you play an important part in what somebody does within their business. You don't try and take it over. You don't try and say, like, give it all to me. You're there to facilitate them in their business. You become such yeah, an integral it. part of that business. You know, if it's working, why on earth would they change? Yeah, 100%. And that's kind of how we word our services as well. Like, and this is a, a relatively recent thing. We've always worked this way, but our packages, we've always worded it as done for you. Whereas it's not, it, with what we do, it's not done for done you. With you. I much prefer done with you, much prefer it. You know, the, the whole collaborative approach of saying, right, Mr. Client, you know, when we think about trying this, or I walk through the night in a cold mm. sweat, I'm thinking about trying this, or vice versa. They might say, I, I really want to try this approach. Mm. I've not tried it before. What do you think? And I might say, I won't go down that route. Or, brilliant mm. idea. Let's give that a go. And I find it, especially from, from a business perspective, when you collaborate with your clients, the retention is so much longer yeah. because they understand what it is that you're doing. And also, they, in some cases, they begin to see the bigger picture, which is... You know, you can't buy stuff no. like that. Uh, like, for example, with what we do, we do rolling contracts. We don't do contracts because people work with us because they want to work with us and the results speak for themselves and people understand the bigger Well, picture. and there's the other one. I and mean, if, somebody, do, if somebody doesn't want to work with them, you don't want them tied into a contract for a few to. more months because you, they don't want to work with you, you don't want to work with them. So I'm so with you, buddy. I'm so, Like, same with us. Like, uh, we have um, 12-month coaching packages, but you only have to sign up for the first three months. After that, it's a month-to-month rolling yeah. contract because if, if you don't feel you're getting the value from it, then let's not work together. But the reality is mm. it's that whole Richard Branson thing. Train someone well, well enough that they could work anywhere but treat them well enough that they wouldn't want to. Like mine and your mm. strategy actually is very much a I'll lift the veil, I'll work with you and show you how it works, but I'm going to do such a good job of it that why would you want to go anywhere else? That's it. That's it. And it's, it's, it's even got to the point where some of our clients have – like from, from the Facebook ad stuff that we do, they've got a team that kind of do all the Facebook ads for mm-hmm. them. But because of this whole, this whole done with you thing, I really, I'm really like, really want to drive mm-hmm. that. So I'll actually work with their Facebook Facebook team and say, listen, this is kind of the process that I go through. What do you think? And then sometimes they say, well, why don't you try this? And then I go, That's a clever idea. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then I go, right, all my clients are going to be doing this now as well because that's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, you know, they go, wow, that's a brilliant idea. And then it benefits the client because they get better results. So the retention is longer for us. So then we get more revenue. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a bit of a pointer because this is something that I went through and and you don't have to listen to me, but this is something that that I think could really work for you based on like, because I didn't know your full story before this. I mean, we're working together, but obviously we know what we do now. You don't really have the conversation about what did we do 10 years ago kind of thing. Um, so let me tell you where I'm at with this. When I first started our podcast publicity side of things, which is getting people booked onto podcasts with their exist, you know, targeting their existing audiences. If you sell your services and you particularly like B2B business owners that are between, I don't know, 10 and 200 headcount, let's go find podcasts that already have tens of thousands of listeners that are actively asking questions that match that criteria, figure out what questions they're asking, then you go and answer them on the podcast. Because podcasting is like the opposite of normal sales. Normal sales is buy my stuff and I'll give you some value. Podcasting is let me give you some value so that at some point you buy my stuff. Right? You buy my yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and I like it that way because people, 
you know, all these fake Instagram gurus that make themselves look like amazing business coaches and stuff, they get found out on podcasts because you can't do 10 hours of podcast if you don't know what you're talking about because it's very quickly going to come out that you're talking nonsense. But when we first started doing our podcast publicity stuff, I knew that pe- that, that on top of wanting to sell to their audience, I also know that that's a benefit that they were going to get that right now they didn't know. They're not, they're not going to know that mm-hmm. yet. They are not coming to podcast mm-hmm. with me because they think, oh, we're going to get loads of sales and, and lead gen from these podcasts. Many people are doing it for credibility or authority or for content repurposing. So I had teams of people that we would work with in my business that we would repurpose that content and turn it into media articles and all that kind of stuff. But I essentially became a PR firm that did podcasting at the heart of it. And that was a big problem. It was a big problem. And the reason it was a big problem was I'm not a PR firm. And there are lots of very, very successful PR firms out there that were now competitors of mine. And the only thing that I had as my differentiator was the podcast stuff. And actually, that was where all the fruit was anyway. So why was I doing all the other podcast stuff? So what I did was I binned off all of the other PR stuff and just focused on the podcast element. That revolutionized my business because we've probably got close to 50, 60 global partners that are PR firms now that refer their clients to us because we're not stepping on their toes. We're not offering the same service. We are saying, I get what you do. You get what I do. Here's how it all works together. And they love it. They love it. And so do the customers and everybody wins. So for you, instead of that whole Smith Media Group of, you know, the websites and the SEO and the Facebook and, and all, the, all of that kind of stuff, it's taking what you do with the LinkedIn part and almost reverse engineering it. Go and partner with those full service agencies and say, I do this bit. I'm, I am awesome at this bit. I don't want to touch the rest of your stuff because you guys are brilliant at that. Why don't we work together and we can send business each other's way? It's exactly how we met. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because you've got to think of it. For example, my clients, some of, some of our clients have, that have been with us for two or three years now, They've grown the network to like 30,000 people and they've not done any bit of content for the past six months. And the last post that they did was resharing a blog article that was written by the apprentice. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is the, that's a really good point, actually. So how many business owners do you speak to that say things like, I haven't got time. Like I just, where am I going to find time to write blogs? Where am I going to find time to create content? Where am I going to find time to do all this? So for me, that's why I like to do that whole, if we can facilitate a conversation, so you're always winning. So the podcast, for example, you're building a relationship, you're reaching a new audience, you're getting the credibility out there, but then you can repurpose that content and then you can repurpose that into articles. It's one to many. So for the people who say, I haven't got time, I take that back and say, this saves you time because you're going to have one conversation, but that one conversation is then going to be repurposed 10, 15, 25 times. It's that education process, isn't it? Absolutely. No, and, and I think that that's yeah. that's really important, mate. Because I think so many people, you know, they 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 listen to the likes of Gary V saying, you know, and I love Gary. I'm not knocking Gary, but Gary, you know, his message is all create more content, create more content, just stick it out there, and something will happen. The downside for that is if you're a business owner who's a particular, you know, from a particular industry. So we do a lot of um, professional services stuff. So, you know, I speak to a head of a law firm and he's like, what is it you want me to do, like content wise? Like, what do you want me to write a blog about? I can't talk about my cases because they're under NDA. I can't talk about this. It's been 20 years, 30 years since I was at college. Like, what is it you want me to talk about? But you get them on a podcast talking about legal subjects and they'll, they'll go like Joe Rogan's, like three hours worth of podcast. So it's like, 
it's it's helping people to find that form of media that's best for them. Some people love to write because when they start writing, it's like all the ideas come flowing out and they can't stop it. Other people, that's podcast and meeting people. Other people, that's you know video or wh- whatever it is. You have to find that thing that works for you. But this is why I love combining what we've done because actually I think just as you said, I've got customers who are great with their content stuff but haven't got their LinkedIn strategy nailed at all. They're winning clients via the yeah. podcast route, but it's re- like, and I don't mind saying it myself. I think it's ridiculous that I've got 30,000 connections on LinkedIn and I'd say at least the vast majority of them don't know what I do. Right? That's the reality of it. So working with you makes perfect sense. But likewise, your clients who have got that strategy, they've got them connected, they've started the conversation, but now they need things like a podcast to send them to, to say, go and have a listen to this or something to prompt them with. Or if you've not spoken to somebody for a few months and you know you want to rekindle that relationship, nothing works better than a, hey, hope you're doing well, mate. I did a podcast with one of the guys who's a mutual connection of ours and I thought you might get some real benefit from it. Have a listen. That's a phenomenal way of kickstarting a conversation again. There you go. That's it. And it, yeah, I, I think all of that comes all the way back to the initial, just simplify what it is that mm. you do first. Do one thing and the rest of it just slots in. Mm. And just trust just trust that it slots in. Because some like one business's process might be different to another business's process, even though they might be the same mm. business. Because within that business, the way that they operate and the way they do things be slightly different. So I would always say, pull it right back, start really, really simple, do that one thing really well, and then just the other bits, you'll just know where to go. Because say, for example, with our stuff, when you start gaining those connections and you start conversations with people, it makes sense to go, right, we've got that down now we need to make sure that we stay front of mind with these people by creating some content mm. or we need to make sure that we're doing some cross-platform stuff to get our brand touch points in over on mm. Facebook. Makes sense. Whereas if you did your LinkedIn strategy, but then um, now all of a sudden you want to go do a blog on your website, but you're not pushing your LinkedIn connections to your blog. It's a missed opportunity, isn't it? What's yeah, the point? it's a massively missed opportunity. What's the point? So many, so many businesses do it. They think, you know, we'll create a blog, we'll get the apprentice to do it, um, you know, it'll be a tip box exercise for them mm. to do, and then we'll get some clients that way. And then they're like, oh, we've never had a client from our blog. Shocker. So, well, because it doesn't... You're not, you're not driving no anybody towards it, exactly. I mean, if, if, imagine a strategy, even just a basic strategy, where you're connect, reconnecting with your LinkedIn connections to say, just released a blog on this. You know, it's really helpful. You know, it's definitely going to... You know, like we do, had a conversation with somebody, loads of great insight came out from it. So we wrote an article about it, thought you might find it useful. Here it is. Now your blog's going to start getting your sales because it's like the podcast. It's like once they read one, they'll see a headline of another and they'll go, oh, that's interesting. I'll check that out. And then they go and check that. And if you start now sharing those blogs, for example, as you release them onto your LinkedIn timeline, someone's going to see it and go, oh, I read the other couple of them. Actually, I'll check that out. And and now you're getting your touch points and you're getting all that stuff working in the background. And I, I think that's that's the other thing that I think a lot of people don't quite realize is that you need different levels of people in the funnel, people in the pipeline. You need people at the top, middle and bottom all the time. You can't always mm-hmm. have customers who are just ready to buy. You still need to make sure you're taking care of the ones who are going to buy in six months time. Exactly. And I think so many people are so exactly. focused on the... I need clients yesterday or let's have, you know, we've got capacity for some more clients. So let's have a massive push right now. 
you often find that they're the businesses who have roller coaster billing because one month they're they're really high, then they'll lose some clients and they need to go and do it again, and it just goes up and down, up and down, and drives them crazy. Yeah, because they keep switching it on, switching it off, switching it on, switching it off. Yeah, there's no consistency. Absolutely not. Exactly. Another thing. Another thing that I found as well when when a business really does begin to integrate all of the things that they do together Mm. instead of them working individually the cost per whatever it is that they do comes mm-hmm. down. So like, for example, when we were running Facebook ads for, for our business, before we started retargeting them, our own LinkedIn connections, mm-hmm. our Facebook ads cost per lead was maybe about £40 mm-hmm. a lead, which is okay. Our, our conversion rate is relatively decent. So for, for quite a while, I was, I was kind of happy with mm-hmm. that. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, Like our cost, our cost per lead now, the cheapest day that we've had was five pounds per lead from forty. I love it, man. And the conversion rates Crazy. remain as high. And the conversion rates are probably slightly better because they know who we are. Yeah. They've already had some familiarity with you. And and, 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 and all the and all of the um, upsell stuff is easier. So like the core of what we do is LinkedIn, mm. but because people see the content and they know for a fact that the Facebook ad stuff work because it works yeah. on them. In terms of a sale, so much easier. Mm. I love that, dude. I love it. So where would where should people start then, Danny? If people are listening to you and they're going, this is making a lot of sense, I like this, Phil and Danny are working together, so I trust Phil, so I want to have a chat with him. How do people get in contact and what is it you want them to get in contact with? And in fact, one additional question to that, who? Like, who is your ideal customer? Yeah, of course. So if, if anybody did want to reach out, um, there's probably two main ways to do it. Either just reach out to me on LinkedIn, say hello. Um, or if you go to funnelin.co.uk, you reach out via there as well. Um, so there, there are your two options there. Um, in terms of the people that, that we kind of work with are business leaders and execs. Um, typically, they tend to be between 1 and 50 staff, typically. Um, so either we will we'll link up directly with the, the business owner um, or in some cases, we'll even link up with the marketing director or sales director and we'll manage multiple, you know, accounts of, of the of the sales guys or, or marketing people, whatever it might be. So they're, they're, they're the two the two kind of main fields that we that we work okay, with. Cool. And what where would you start in terms of a product? If this is somebody's first time really getting there, if someone's listening to this, going, do you know what, mate? It's been like I did. It's been bugging me for a while that LinkedIn is not a bigger part of my strategy and working for me. What should we do? What where would you be driving them towards? Um, well, again, you're coming coming all the way. Back again, it's just to simplify what it is that you do. In, in quite a few cases, people are trying to do too much mm. at once. Um, you know, they, they, they're trying to do the, the LinkedIn outreach and the content, but again, it's just they just don't join up together. Mm. Um, quite often find that that's the case. Um, but what I would say is probably that the easiest route for people to take is, like, say, if you reach out to me on, on LinkedIn or through the website, I'd be more than happy to, you know, just chew the fat and just say, what it is, what are you doing? No, and where can you potentially go moving forwards yeah. and whether they whether they go away and do that on their own or with us is is totally up to them mm. i love that man and do you know what it's funny actually because um this is a great example to to use of this so i'm bang on about these partnerships and affiliates and how they all work well together and how business is a team sport i mean you and i are working together but you've already introduced me to a somebody else who runs another agency who's taking care of a particular part of what we do i've been able to introduce you two to people and it's the the fun thing is as well and this is a great example 
not only have we partnered together, we've both become customers of each other. And I think that that, yeah, exactly. that is that speaks volumes of the service, but I also think it's very powerful. I mean, people are thinking, you know, oh, great, I'm going to have to get out there and I'm going to have to meet loads of new people and start all these new conversations. And some of them will buy and some of them won't. But that's a very blinkered way of looking at it. Take the blinkers off and instead say, I'm going to get Danny and his team to facilitate and start conversations with interesting people in my industry, and I'm going to explore where it goes. Some of them will become clients. Some of them will become partners. Some of them will give me a nugget of information that unlocks the next level. But if you go into that with an open mind and have those conversations, your business will flow. You'll meet, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. I say it all the time. You meet the right people and, and business is supposed to be fun. So if you're listening to this and your business isn't fun right now, you're not working with the right people. Yeah, I, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, Mondays are probably one of my favourite days. I call that, but to be fair, I call Mondays my firefighting days because Mondays is just absolutely hectic. So over the weekend, people have come up with so many yeah. ideas because they're excited about it as well. So I call, I call Mondays my firefighting days because there's so many fires to, to sort out and pull out. It, man. Um, but yeah, you, you've definitely got to... Um, you've definitely got to enjoy what you do, especially when you work for yourself. Yeah. Especially if you've got your own business. I think. I think. Well, there's nobody there to motivate you, is there? So if it's not, yeah, the, the, the motivation is intrinsic, yeah. isn't it? Um, like my, my, I had a conversation with this with my uh, girlfriend last week, actually, exactly that, mm. and she was saying, "How do you stay motivated?" And I was just like, "Well, it's it's not." Like, like, like I wake up in the morning, I do 10 push-ups and I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's not like that. I'm not like that at all. Like, it's just it's something that's... You're enthused by your work. I'm the deep, same. So, like, uh, I look in my calendar and I there are two types of appointments that I look for in my calendar. Now, I have sales calls, obviously, and I've got different meetings and stuff and press stuff. But the two that always excite me the most are podcast recordings, because I love podcast recordings, either as a host or as a guest. I really don't care. I love podcasting. Every day is a school day and I have a saying, which is the day I stop learning is the day I stop earning. And podcast is a phenomenal way for me to learn um, and impart wisdom to other people. So I love that. Um, but it's also the other type that I look for is the strategy calls. Those calls with clients where it's like it's basically taking an artist into a full studio with a clean canvas and going, have some fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's like yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. favorite thing to do. So. Like yeah, they're definitely. the things that give me energy. So like I can have a rammed busy day, but if I've at least got two or three of those types of appointments in, I'm going to be buzzing the whole day. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. And I also, I also love kind of nerding out on marketing yeah. stuff. Um, just, just yesterday I was on a call with a client and um, they've already got the Facebook ad sorted. So the, Facebook, the guy that does the Facebook ads came on the call and like me and him were just totally geeking out about marketing mm-hmm. and, me and me, both of us were like getting really excited and I basically forgot the client was there and then the client was just like so what is what are we what, doing what's that you <laughs> and then we had to explain it but like we we're getting so carried away about what it is that we were talking about and he was like oh my god that's amazing mm. and then I was like oh my god that's amazing I love that though but but you know what it's it's I think business owners want that like too many people's services are like buy my service I'll give you some stuff and away you go whereas people who get genuinely excited in what you do I mean we, we were having this conversation when we were first setting up and again I don't I'm always very honest on my pod so I don't mind sharing it you know you asked me do you want to drive them towards like a sales page where they can go and buy like a starter pack for example and, and just go and purchase it and my answer was no, I want to have a conversation with them because I'm not going to give this startup back to just anybody and everybody. Like I want to feel invested in your success. Like the way that we're going to help you to succeed 
is if I am just as invested in your success as you are, and I'm as excited by helping your business and you get to the next level, I'll roll out the red carpet for you. But at the same time, and this is very honest, I'm, I'm a human. If I don't like you, I'm not going to go above and beyond for you. Um, so if it doesn't fit, like I, I often give people this point and I say, look, I'll give you some pointers. I'll tell you some stuff as to how you can make it work. I can even make some introductions for you, but I don't feel that we're a good fit because, because I only want to work with the people who I feel that connection. It's like, I get it. You get it. Like there's almost like a telepathic thing going on here. Let's do it. Um, and that for me is, is what makes business so exciting because you meet awesome people. I, I guess that's why we've retained so many customers is, is they feel like people say like it's like having an awesome right-hand man that knows all of this stuff and just makes it happen like that's what i want you to feel i want you to feel like i'm your vp in your business i'm there to help you get to the next level um and and why would you you're not gonna let your vp go over to working are you that's it yeah we're exactly the same i love it man i absolutely love it danny you've been a superstar mate how I'm, i'm i've been really pleased with the conversation i think lots of people have taken uh taken a lot from it i'm sure what i'll do is i'll stick a link for funneling and danny's linkedin in the show notes and description below um so be sure to check that out um definitely drop him a message and let him know you've heard the podcast as well if you've come via that way um and and have a good conversation about everything danny's actually gonna working with us uh you'll be hearing a lot more from danny as well danny's gonna be appearing on um podcast for business owners answering a lot of these marketing questions having a proper marketing nerd off globally uh, that whole um what is it they call, what is it i call it the international credibility for domestic dominance danny will be known worldwide so uh get in there fast before his services are oversubscribed uh because it you know as much as it's a nice place to be oversubscribed i can attest to the fact it's a bit of a weird feeling to say to somebody oh you want to buy my stuff no <laughs> um yeah so it's a nice problem to have it's the opposite problem uh danny you're an absolute superstar, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, really looking forward to continuing our working relationship together, pal. And um, yeah, best of luck with everything you're doing, mate. I love it. Keep it up. Chris, bye, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. Really appreciate it. Most welcome, pal. Um, for those of you who want to have a listen to some of our additional shows, definitely go and check out the other um, shows in the show notes and the descriptions. Whatever platform you are listening to us on, I hope that you've taken a lot of value from this and uh, your business continues to thrive and grow as a result. Uh, until next time, stay safe. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering one billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time.